Good morning, evening, or night, everyone. I'm Jackson, and welcome back to another episode of Life on the Vine. Unfortunately, my my co-host Hutch is not here in the Hannah C. Howard recording studio, but I am joined by not one, but two very special guests. One of them you have heard before on the podcast, and that is Mr. Steve Wilson. Steve, so glad to have you. Glad to be back. Thank you very much. And also, we have a first-time podcaster with us who is wonderful, and you guys are going to actually get a couple of episodes with her for this um, uh, Holy Week series that we're doing. Um, But I hope you guys end up liking her just as much as I enjoy speaking with her, and that is Julia Metcalf. So good to be here. Excited for what's to come. I am super excited, too. So um, just a few things for the listeners before we dive in. Um, Just a reminder that we have started a series that is walking to the cross and to the resurrection through Holy Week. So if you are just jumping in right in the middle of the week and you want to go back to the beginning of the week, we started with Palm Sunday and our structure, it varies a little bit, but generally what we're going to do is we're going to read some uh, scripture. We're going to do a little bit of a devotion, which is going to look a little bit different today than the couple of other episodes that we've done. And then if you want to leave it there, then you get to leave it there and just marinate in in the scripture and use that as a, as a spiritual practice. If you want to join us on the back end, uh, then Julia, Steve, and myself will be verbally processing what we just um, went through, and because uh, we're doing this as a spiritual exercise too. So, um, if you need a little bit more time after um, a certain um, question or scripture reading, and that we don't give you enough time, just hit pause and take as much time as you need. Um, don't close your eyes while you're driving. And with that, I think that we will jump right into it. Well, I am so happy to be here today to bring some spiritual exercises to you all. Um, The spiritual practices are one of the ways that I have really grown my relationship with the Lord, um, my experience of God, and it's been a really fruitful exploration for me. And so When Jackson asked me to join today, I really wanted to bring um, something that you could step into and experience, maybe for the first time, or maybe you've, you've done this a lot. So that's what I'm offering today, and I'm excited to welcome you into it. Um... For today's passage, which is John 15, verses 1 through 11, um, the I am the vine passage, we're going to be stepping into Lectio Divina. And Lectio Divina literally means divine reading. And in fact, it's an ancient practice. It was integrated into monastic life by by the 6th century with St. Benedict. And so this is a practice that really goes back to um, our Christian roots. It, it has um, passed the test of time, and it is used by Christians all over the world as a really sacred, holy, and fruitful practice to engage with Scripture and to engage with God. 
So during Lectio Divina, what happens is um, you and we listen to the scripture multiple times. And as we listen, we engage a posture of reception. And so, yes, we're using our thoughts and our spirits and our imaginations during this. But rather than seeking for an answer or um, a way to figure something out, we are really engaging what God is bringing to the table. So St. Gregory the Great described this practice as resting in God um, in a way that the mind and heart are not so much seeking God as they are beginning to experience what they have been seeking. So as you enter this Lectio Divina, I encourage you to take on that posture, wherever you may be, in the car, at home, at work, doing um, chores or errands. See if you can just find a way to rest, let your spirit and your mind rest in God and receive what God has to speak to you today. Um, so we'll read the scripture four times, and each time... Um, there'll be a different goal. So the first time, I, I want you just to listen and take it in. And you may take notice of a word or a phrase that shimmers to you or stands out. And then as we move through to the second, the third, and the fourth time, there'll be, there'll be reflection and response and rest. And I'll prompt you as we go so you don't need to feel overwhelmed to remember all of this as we make our way through. Um, but again, just find a posture of rest and reception. So this first reading, again, take it in, take the scripture in. And just take notice if any word or phrase jumps out at you and catch that. Hold on to it and we'll carry that forward in our second, third, and fourth readings. So this is John Chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, 
you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. first reading if a word or phrase shimmered or stood out for you take hold of that and carry it forward into this next reading asking how does this word or phrase connect to you in this moment for you in this holy week journey as we make our way to the cross for you in your relationship with God and your discipleship to Christ How does that word or phrase connect with you? Listen in to John 15, verses 1 through 11. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. If you have the space or the opportunity to take a moment now and to pull out a journal, pull out a pen, a piece of paper, or maybe you are in motion right now, I encourage you to come back. Just write down, process what that phrase or word is and how it does connect with you what it is speaking to you, communicating with you, teaching you. Our last reading is a way to let all of this come together and just kind of marinate in our spirits. So again, that spirit of reception, you've paid attention to what stood out, You've asked the question, what connects or what is seeking to speak to me in this moment? 
in this journey, in this relationship with God and discipleship to Christ. And now allow all of that to come together in this beautiful dance that begins to plant seeds of truth in your spirit for God to tend and water and grow up. And after we, after we read this scripture, I encourage you to just push the pause button and take a few min- minutes in silence. However many minutes your day allows, just take a few minutes in silence to take all of this in, to receive it, to, to receive God's word and truth to you. So listen now to John 15, verses 1 through 11. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Let this truth, this scripture, sit with you as you go throughout your day. Find a moment of silence to let it rest within you. May it bless you and plant truth deep within you so that you may truly abide in the vine. Joy be in us, may our joy be full to love one another as Jesus loved all. Through longer cold sermons, now he calls us friend to love one another from now till the end. Abide in him and he in us, we are made clean in his name. Abide in his word in us, disciples who carry the flame. Go and bear much fruit in me. Go to the world that's in me. May his joy be in us, may our joy be full. So love one another as Jesus loved all. No longer called servants, now he calls us friends. 
So love one another from now till the end. Holy Spirit, show us Jesus. Come fill our hearts, make us new. Abide in Him and He in us. There's nothing He cannot do. Go and bear much fruit in me. Go to the world that's in me. May His joy be in us. May our joy be full. So love one another as Jesus loved all. No longer called servants, now He calls us friends. So love one another from now till the end. in me. May his joy be in us, may our joy be full. So love one another as Jesus loved all. No longer called servants, now he calls us friends. So love one another from now till the end. No longer called servants, now he calls us friends. So love one another from now till the end. Thanks for that, Julia. That was cool. <laughs> I'm so glad. I would love to hear from you all. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about entering into practices like this within community mm-hmm. is because you get to hear the different things that the Holy Spirit prompted in your neighbor. That might be totally different than what was prompted in you. And we know that anytime we come to Scripture, there's a beauty and a grace in the way that different things come up for us. Mm-hmm. That scripture teaches us something new from a passage that we maybe read a hundred times. Well, so, it's funny that you say that because I know for a fact that this is Steve's favorite chapter of the Bible. So Wow. <laughs> so Steve, if you want to start, what what came up for you? Well, it's funny because this is my favorite chapter in the Bible, and I thought... I don't know how many times I've read this, but I wonder if something is going to jump out at me that hasn't before. And it did right out of the shoes, which I think is just so, uh, speaks so well of, of the nature of Scripture and the Holy Spirit's ability to move through it and convict us. Um, the part that stood out to me is the very first verse where Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine grower. Just in that statement, he is again emphasizing his submission to the Father. We're not co-gardeners. He's not the really, he's not the roots. He's the vine grower, and I am the vine. And it's echoed throughout the rest of the scriptures where he talks about any vine that's not in me, he cuts away. Any vine that doesn't bear fruit, he cuts away. And I think that it, it just occurred to me that so often we like Jesus in a nice, safe role in our life. Uh, he's a good moral leader. He's a good guy. He's a great teacher. 
Uh, but as our uh, essential connection with God, I think we sometimes think, yeah, he's nice, but I can just go and have a relationship with God. And Jesus doesn't make any bones about that in this scripture. He clearly states, you can do nothing apart from me. You can know the vine grower, but if you're not abiding in me, you're not going to bear any fruit, and the vine grower is not going to respond well to you. And I just, I think that it speaks again of Christ's humility in his submission to the Father, which he echoes in, obey my commands, just like I've obeyed the Father's commands. And he lives out so beautifully the very thing that God calls us to through him and in him. And I think we... Uh, despite our inclinations or tendencies to kind of circumvent Jesus and go straight to God, we are going straight to God by going through Christ, and that is how the Father intended for us to be with him, is through and in Christ. And that's one of the things I love the most about Holy Week is how it brings Christ into crystal clear focus Mm -hmm. in his central role in our lives and our desperate need for him and his grace and his mercy And Wes preached on this last week, and his sermon title was Entangled with Jesus. And I love what you said about we often put Jesus in this really safe role in our lives or even a compartmentalized role where, you know, we we can call on Jesus if we need him. He's always there. But no, we are called to life that is entangled. And that means that every part of us, every aspect of our lives is completely intertwined, affected by, and um, informed by Christ. And that image is so helpful because I know for me, my whole world is calling out different idols and different things to put in Christ's place. And what does it look like to constantly, consistently come back to that entanglement where nothing nothing can come between that tightly wrapped vine branch with the vine? But Julia, I love kind of what how you just took Steve's and the image you just gave there because that kind of echoes what was brought to mind for me. And it was three three words, and it the three words were pruned cleansed and fruit and what you were talking about of these idols that take place that to me is just drawing the picture of pruning and pruning off all of the branches that don't that don't give fruit so good and you know we we just went through the scripture where um jesus is washing the feet of the disciples and he's you know talking about cleansing and that don't you realize that you're already cleansed you know i'm washing your feet but you're you're not cleansed by this ritual that i'm doing to you you're cleansed because of who i am and i think that he ties this in here is is so good because i think a lot of the times we worry about being abiding with god in a salvation sense And then we kind of just leave it there, right? And the whole goal of the vine is not to just exist, but to produce fruit, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we are just content with being a vine, then it's kind of useless. And it's kind of, I think, Jesus' reassurance that, like, look, you're cleansed already. 
we're not talking about necessarily salvation here. Mm -hmm. We're talking, we're going to, let's go another step. Like let's, let's do something else here. Cause we're going to produce fruit. Like that's, that's what this kingdom is doing is producing fruit. Um, so in order to, to do that, we have to prune and not give resources or our efforts to the idols in our life, but we need to um, be able to cut those off so that all of our resources can go to to the work that that the Holy Spirit is doing in us through um, uh, in and through us to produce fruit. So that's kind of like those three words being at play, and it is this like entanglement. It's almost circular, right? So the the deeper that I get drawn in, the more I realize that I need to be cleansed, the more I rest and rejoice in the fact that I am cleansed and that I am his, which makes it easier to prune off those idols, which gives greater um, fruitfulness to who Christ has actually created me to be and who is he is calling me to be, which causes me to realize how much I need to be cleansed, which causes me to rejoice in the amount that I am cleansed, you know, it's just like, it's this pattern that just keeps drawing us further and further Hmm. in. Yes. And to take the metaphor further, I think when the branch is so entangled with the vine, it brings awareness, like you're saying, to all of those little thorns or offshoots that need to be pruned. But if the branch was just out there waving in the wind all by itself, it would have no idea because it's not rubbing up against the vine to know what's what's really there and what needs to be pruned. Have you guys ever worked in a vineyard before? No, but I'd love to. Oh, it's fascinating. I would I would encourage anyone that has the opportunity to like do that to do it as a spiritual practice because um, in college I got the opportunity. It was due to a research project that we were doing, um, but we had to maintain like. I can't remember how many rows of, of, uh, grapevines. And so myself and another guy had to do all of the maintenance on, on this, uh, vineyard. And so we got to go out and prune and the amount that you chop off of a grapevine before the growing season is insane. Wow. It's an insane amount. So you, you, and how you go about pruning is you want like particular branches that are shooting off that you clip them super short. You like basically end up with no leaves or anything. Um, and you might have six per arm, four to six per arm. And by the end of the, of the growing season, these like branches are just like sagging down to the ground with the weight of all of these of these uh grapes and leaves and all that stuff and if you don't prune them in the right direction if you don't you know um prune them to be far enough spaced apart then they get all entangled with each other and that causes fungus and like all sorts of like weird stuff so it's like very particular on how you're supposed to do it um but to see a grapevine at the beginning of the growing season and then see it at the end is like such a huge contrast it it's wild so you think a lot about like pruning and vines and like what does this actually mean in my spiritual life when you're out there like physically like shaping 
a vine for a growing season. Um, so yeah, I'd recommend that for anyone to, to go do some good old manual labor. <laughs> I love that. And I think that brings to mind that pruning and abiding can be really painful, that it's not always rainbows and butterflies. Here I am, the branch with the vine. There is a discipline. There is a um, submission. And sometimes that it, that can be painful. But when we look at that example, we know this is for my good. We need to we need to come back to that in the midst of it. I also had another thought as you were talking, Jackson, yeah. about Second Corinthians five seventeen. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. And this was in reference to your piece on we often think of abiding what, just when it comes to salvation, but what does it look like to abide on a daily basis? And that scripture came to mind because I think. I think I often do the same thing. I think, oh, I'm a new creation in Christ because of my salvation. What would it look like for that also to be true every day? Christ is making me into a new creation every single day. Mm-hmm. His mercies are new every morning. I love that. That's good. Yeah, but what if I'm content with the creation I am right now because God's done a, lot of, done a lot of work already? Can't I just, you know, chill out and say, <clears throat> no, no more pruning for me, please? <laughs> Well, you can, Steve. You can. (laughs) Yeah. That's when we get into, like, the Jesus that makes us really uncomfortable because he doesn't really pull any of those punches, you know? I mean, he kind of talks about what he does to the vines that don't produce any fruit, right? And in order to produce fruit, if we're actually looking at a vine, like, it has to be... Um, first year growth so we always have to be growing it's when we stay stagnant those become like hard woody trunk kind of things look more like more like a actual branch or like a trunk than it does like a I don't know a sprig growing healthy vine yeah growing healthy what we would associate as like a vine I don't know that that's like, I'm going to cast you into the pits of hell thing. It's just saying that like, that's not useful. It's not useful. You're either growing or you're useless. Like the whole point of the vine is to produce fruit. It's not to, I mean, they do look pretty and that's a great thing. But if it's just there, it's just taking up water. It's just taking up resources. It's not really doing anything. And I do think that sometimes we are passive in in what we think the kingdom should look like. That, oh, well, it's God's kingdom, and God is all-powerful, so he'll do whatever he wants to do, and I'm glad I'm a part of it. But I don't necessarily have a role in it. And that's bazonkers. And he's talking to the disciples here, too, which I think is great, because he's about to go to the cross, and he's just like telling them how important it is for them to be tied in with him and to be tied in with the Father. And I think we see this, and this has come up a couple of times in this um, uh, walk to the cross for me, is we see Jesus' words here to the disciples really coming into play when we get to further on into the New Testament, when we get into Acts. Like, that's when we see them living these things out. Um, And so how 
important and essential it was for uh, the early church, for the apostles, um, were these words that Jesus was leaving with them before he went to the cross. I also think that it's counterintuitive because we can think, I'm good. I am, I am so much better than I used to be. I have so much more peace and joy. And yet the very last sentence is, I tell you all of this, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Mm. Don't settle for the joy that you think is complete, but let me have a continuing hand in your life and in your growth, and it will ultimately be complete from me. So good. And I think abide is in itself an active word. And I think it's easy to think, oh, abide just means I'm chilling out. I'm hanging, hanging around, you know, taking all the resources from this vine. But yeah, we get that from like pop culture. The dude abides, right? Yeah. He's just kind of there. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Totally. But I think, in fact, it's a really active word. You know, verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, that in itself is, is assuming that I'm in scripture, mm-hmm. that I'm studying scripture, that I, that I am, you know, being active in that way. Ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That means that we're, we're entreating upon the Lord. We're petitioning God. We're maybe even protesting God. So all of these are active ways that we're engaging, but it's really easy. Yeah. Just to think, okay abiding (laughs) doesn't mean i have to do anything just chilling out well thanks steve and julia um thanks julia for leading us through um the lectio divina that was that was really great and so so if you guys um have any more interest in doing a spiritual exercise like that I know that Julia would be more than happy to um, speak with you. Uh, We do some retreats at the church where we do some stuff like this, right? Yes, the Ignatian retreat. So the Ignatian exercises. um, And actually in our next episode, we're going to be doing imaginative prayer, which is tied with the Ignatian exercises. So that's something you're interested in. Yes, please send me a note or duff points. You can ping her and um, we would love to bring you in on that. Well, and thanks to you, listener, for um, listening and participating. Uh, I hope that it was a, a um, fruitful experience for you. <laughs> uh, and as we walk uh, closer to the cross, as we go through this Holy Week, um, my prayer for you is that uh, Christ uh, and the Holy Spirit draw you closer, closer with him in, in relationship. And until tomorrow, we'll... Talk at you then. So fun. Yeah.